0: You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Update on Tuesday the 22nd of June. I'm Paul Ward from our Customer Treasury Unit and I'm joined this week by AIB Senior Economist John Faddy to discuss recent developments on the financial markets. John, we might start stateside if you don't mind and reflect on last week's FOMC meeting and the aftermath which led to significant moves in both the FX and interest rate markets. Can you give us your thoughts and insights to what happened last week?
1: Yeah, so we kind of talked previously in terms of last week's podcast, it was all about the Fed and potential for some of interest from that. So that's what we got. So in short, the Fed turned more hawkish. And the big focus into the meeting was around its interest rate projections and QE tapering. So the big move came in terms of new news in relation to its interest rate projections or what's known as the dot plots. Uh, So basically, The Fed has gone from in March, a majority of its members expecting no rate hikes through to the end of 2023, to now a majority expecting rate hikes in in 2023. So to put some numbers around that, so there's now 13 members of the 18-member committee expecting rates to rise in 2023. In March, there was only seven members. So there's now just five members of the FOMC expecting no rate hikes to the end of 2023. So when you look at the dots, it suggests that the majority of Fed members, the median projection is for two rate hikes in 23. So that would bring the Fed funds rate ending the year at 0.625%. Now, in the actual press conference, Fed Chair Powell was keen to emphasize that the rate hikes are not the focus of the FOMC at the moment and the dots should be taken with, a, and I quote, a big grain of of salt because he he references the fact that the time frame is still full of uncertainty uh, over the next number of years. But the interesting thing too is is that when you look at what the market's expecting in terms of interest rate markets and futures contracts, even though the Fed has turned uh, more hawkish, markets themselves are still pricing in a much more aggressive pace of rate hikes from the Fed. So when you look at those futures contracts, the market's, starting to price in Fed rate hikes from the middle of next year. So by the end of 2023, the market's pricing in Fed uh, rates, the Fed, future, Fed funds rate getting to, to 1%.
0: So John, can I ask you, so is that like, that's possibly the markets view or the futures contracts are indicating maybe four hikes versus two hikes in terms of what came out of the meeting last week? Or, yeah, so,
1: yeah, so by the end of by the end of twenty three, the markets got one percent priced in, whereas the Fed guidance last week was by the end of twenty three, the rates at point six percent. It was about a, a forty base points differential between where the market is uh, and where the Fed is. Uh, but Can even I, yeah, go on. Oh, sorry, John. Just want to ask your question though,
0: right? So we have seen a strong bounce, firstly, in the dollar on 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 the back of the meeting last week. But to your point there, there's still that bit of a gap between what we've expect from what the Fed have now told us versus what the future contract or what the market is still expecting, so can can we explain why that 's happened
1: yeah, so that 's in terms of the reaction we saw last week, it was a bit surprising that the dollar moved as much as it did right uh, because not a surprise to interest rate markets because, as we say there, the interest rate markets are uh, even though the move from the Fed has turned a bit more hawkish, interest rate markets still expect it sooner than the Fed are. But the key thing, I suppose, is from a just general perspective is that it's a good point that the Fed themselves think rates will happen in 2023 because they obviously think the US economy will have grown more. But I think over the next couple of quarters, what you could see is, is that the Fed turned more hawkish on its interest rate projections so that they may have become closer to aligned uh, to where the market is. But one thing we did see, though, as you referenced there, is that the move in the dollar. So the dollar's up about 2% on the week against a raft of currencies including the euro and sterling and when we look at the dollar and dollar positioning dollar positioning in the lead-up to the meeting was at fairly stretched short so there was always the potential there for a reversal because a lot of the market was shortened the dollar so obviously the fed outcome had a bigger impact then on currency markets because the interest rate markets, what the Fed said was not a surprise. Mm. Uh, So if you look at the level terms for for euro dollar were below 119 uh, and for cable sterling against the dollar were below 139. So the biggest reaction was on on currency markets vis-a-vis the dollar. We saw a move higher in yields too. U.S. Treasury yields initially, you know, 10 year moved higher. Although since then, what we saw Friday was a flattening of the u.s treasury yield curve so what do i mean by that well i mean that uh, the longer term yields came down a little bit and the shorter term yields moved higher so on the week the two-year treasury yield was up around 10 basis points whereas the 10-year yield was down around three and the 30-year yield was down around 10 so that two-year treasury yield is always more sensitive to market expectations and interest rates so interest rate markets didn't move because they're already expecting more from the fed than the feds even change is it? Yeah. Is- anticipating. So the biggest move came in shorter data treasury yields and also then especially uh, in the dollar in terms of the dollar gain and around 2% on the exchanges.
0: And John, one last question to ask about the, the, the dollar or well, so maybe the US is about the labor market. And, and obviously we know there's a fair bit of slack there and we've had a couple of relatively say muted uh, employment reports recently enough. But like there is that risk, I suppose, at some stage that wage inflation does come back in and the knock on impact that has on the core inflation.
1: Yeah, and that will be the main source. So, you know, all the major central banks, including the Fed, are saying that, you know, what's happening with inflation is going to be temporary. And that as we move towards the end of this year into next year, inflation will start to ease back. But the one risk, all right, is around the potential uh, that, as you say, you know, that inflation becomes more persistent. And the key source of that could be and the key driver of that if there's upward pressure on wages. So you referenced there the labor market. So the last two payroll reports out of the US have been disappointing So in total, uh, over the last two months for April and May, they came in uh, around 850,000. And that was about half of what was expected over that of, 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 you know, the market forecast for those two months was closer to one and a half million. And payrolls are still 7.6 million below their pre-pandemic levels. Despite, if you look at the job, the job openings data, in other words, job vacancies, there's 9.3 million jobs vacancies in the US at the moment. So there's a disconnect Between supply and demand right there is a potential risk there that uh, to get people to come back to work uh, firms will have to pay them uh, more given the income supports that are there at the moment although some of those income supports are are due to be you know in terms of restrictions uh, and phased out over the next while Uh, so that may help from a labour supply perspective because labour demand is strong given that job openings and vacancies that need to be filled but it's something that you know the central banks and the fed would pay close attention to
0: grand and then in terms of the trading range for euro dollar has this changed the bank's view just even in the, the performance of the dollar for the last week or so
1: so we're still in within our trading range. We're at the lower end of where we were. So we have a trading range for the second quarter of, of 118 to 124. So we're at, at, towards the lower end of that at the moment. But we're happy to stick with that at the moment, because if you think, uh, OK, the Fed last week had a sizable move on the dollar, but bigger picture, uh, if you look at what the data is saying from a currency market perspective overall in terms of the outlook, you know, It's still within ranges and currency markets are still fairly range browned. And the reason for that is is that activity is strengthening everywhere. And even though the Fed turned more hawkish last week, you know, it's still not. It's it's turned more hawkish in the sense that it's expecting it may hike rates in 2023. So that's still some time away. When you look at the macro outlook, activity is strengthening everywhere and all the major central banks are keeping policy on hold at the moment so the only change to that will be obviously the fed and the other point of interest last week was around tapering and what we got from that is that the fed is starting to talk about tapering uh, in terms of the discussions on it so you know bar some tweaking in relation to qe there's no rate increases coming from the central banks uh, what they're saying this year are from the fed is saying next year uh, and at the same time all the economies are moving higher so notwithstanding the bit of movement we saw in the dollar last week uh, currency markets are still you know fairly range bound at the moment and we expect that that to continue okay
0: john then in terms of the week ahead it's the turn of the bank of england to hold its latest monetary policy meeting what are we expecting from the meeting and is there any event risk for sterling
1: Uh, So we expected it to be much less eventful than the Fed meeting in terms of potential impact for sterling. So, you know, uh, last month, in May, we got the updated monetary policy report, which used to be known as the inflation report. So that provided us with the updated forecast from the Bank of England. So we're not expecting any policy changes, and that seems to be the consensus view out there. Uh, so the Bank of England is still some way away too from you know contemplating uh, rate hikes. So all we look for from this month's meeting, uh, given there's no press conference, is we just look at the meeting statement and minutes, just to see the BoE's assessment on how the economy is doing. And if anything, UK economy data and GDP there's probably upside risks to the BOE's forecast for the first half of the year Uh, so we just see what the BOE says around that but overall we don't expect it to be anything like the Fed in terms of market impact uh, on sterling as what the Fed had on the dollar last week.
0: And then finally John a point that you've made on a few occasions recently that like all major or advanced economies are moving in the same direction so just with that in mind Is there anything else from the economic data point of view uh, that might impact the markets this week?
1: No. So we probably get data that will reinforce that picture, I suppose. In that context, the flash PMIs for June are out. So we get them out of the Eurozone, including the Eurozone aggregate, France and Germany, uh, and also from the UK and the US. So this is the survey data. Uh, the PMIs uh, for June, both the overall composite index, but also the services and manufacturer index. And they're likely to show us that if you look at the UK, US forecasts are for, you know, to remain very strong levels and in the eurozone given that the eurozone was lagging behind in terms of easing of restrictions we expect the eurozone composite to move higher on the back of an improvement in the services index and that's because there's been a further easing of restrictions uh, in the eurozone but that's mainly a catch-up to what's happened versus the US and the UK where they've been quicker to open up their economies but as I said what the PMIs will tell us for June is that the direction and travel of all those major advanced economies is moving in the same direction. So from that perspective, we don't expect it to have uh, be a major differential impact for any of the respective currencies, because basically the data is telling us the same thing from all those economies is that they're all in an improving trajectory. Uh, and in the second half of this year, we expect to see uh, strong growth, and that continue into next year, and that to be widespread across those key economies.
0: All right, John. Uh, Many thanks for the update and a big thanks to our customers, colleagues and listeners for joining us today on this week's podcast. To stay up to date with the latest market developments, please subscribe to AIB's Market Talk wherever you get your podcasts. For those customers impacted by the pandemic, you can find details of AB support packages at www.aib.ie forward slash COVID-19. Many thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.